0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, as always, your host, joined by new friend um, Brad Sonnenberg, all the way from Alberta, Canada. Uh, uh, I'm really bad at intros after the first few times. Eventually, Brad, we'll get to the point where you do this enough where I will just say, what's going on, Brad? But at this point, it's been three episodes our last episode i was deeply struggling after a night out uh with the boys uh, having some fun on pioneer day here in utah but back now a little bit more refreshed a little bit more clear-headed uh to talk about some training camp news brad how
1: are you i'm i'm actually doing very well today i'm i'm curious in regards to pioneer day because it's not something that we celebrate up here in the in the northern wastes.
0: Oh, There's, it's it's not it's celebrated. It's not celebrated anywhere but Utah. It's a it's I'm a curious. it's a Utah specific holiday.
1: <laughs> Is this sort of like a role play scenario where it's like you guys dress up as perhaps European settlers and like explore the the woods or what 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 do you what do you accomplish? I'm 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 curious. No, it's
0: it's really a Mormon holiday. Uh in that the Mormons fled from uh, various persecution across the United States to get in to Utah, but Mormons do have like a thing where they get into these old timey clothes and they actually go push handcarts in the middle of nowhere, and it sounds absolutely terrible. Uh, it's it's like, like not a,
1: an event that you participate in.
0: No, I'm not Mormon, so not that, a culture, no. So, so no, uh, that is not something I participate in. But it does seem like everybody has a lot of fun on those things. It seems like a really family bonding experience, but not not one I've had. So uh, I just you know I I, uh, I there are several things about Utah that are not you know native to my personal uh, persona and just general, you know, livelihood uh, that I just look at from afar and I say, that's neat. I'm glad everyone's happy. I just want people to, you know, I just want people by and large to be happy and have a good time. And if, you know, dressing up in old timey clothes and pushing hand carts and the heat of the summer and the Utah desert really, really makes you, makes you happy. Well, I'm all for that. You go ahead and 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 you do that. Not for me, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that was Pioneer Day, but no, no, no dressing up. It's really more in the city, uh, kind of a Fourth of July type thing where everybody just gets together in their baseball games and fireworks mm-hmm. and barbecues and all this nice stuff that goes on. And uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's Pioneer Day in a nutshell for our non Utah listeners
1: interesting i was i was curious about that yeah but anyways to answer your question i'm, I'm doing very well as, as i was saying earlier i'm i'm coming at you live from uh the basement corners of of one of my city's universities it's one that i happen to attend um and i i would describe it as catacomb esque i'm 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 currently in a very dark room hidden off in the corner as to yeah. not to dis- disturb any studiers that may be lurking around uh and uh, it's it's been a very it's been a very good day, you know. I've I, it's been it's been characterized for me with many great interactions. My favorite of which, I I tend to uh, enjoy A coffee over most coffees. I don't know what it is about A and W coffee, but it just it hits me uh, on a level, uh, caffeine wise and taste wise that many coffees don't, and so. I live very close to a mall, like about two minutes. So I usually go to the local A&W at the mall there in the mornings to get my coffee. I did sleep in this morning. So I, when, I, when I went there, it was around 12 o'clock to get my coffee. And the guy that manages the place, he's this older uh, Middle Eastern man, very, very lovely. He looks at me and he's just like, you're late. I was like, "What? Well, what a great interaction. So I, uh, I'm having a great day.
0: Yeah, well, several things there. a and W. I I feel like that's a very uniquely Canadian thing. I've never heard of A&W coffee. Here in the States, A&W is a very popular root beer brand.
1: Well, uh, we have that. It's not like a coffee is some established popular coffee. I mean, here most people are all about Tim Hortons coffee, which I find over the years has been bastardized with weaker and weaker formulas and just kind of cutting corners. It's Tim Hortons is very overrated. Uh, oh. I know I know it's considered to be a Canadian staple, and I do enjoy their donuts very much, so, but they just they've they've fallen off a cliff, sort of. And I find Tim Horton's just as an entity and and Tim Horton, the man to be very overrated. I mean, Tim Horton, I mean, he I, I'm pretty sure he's like most most known for like killing someone drunk driving, I'm pretty sure. Oh, so what? I, <laughs> Well, not most known. Obviously, he's most known for his hockey career, but I just find it's it's funny how we consider him to be a hero because of his uh, donuts and, and coffee, when in reality, he seems so, like he was a terrible human.
0: So, Tim Horton was a monster is what we're learning in this podcast.
1: I'm pretty sure, yeah. Like, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he did a bunch of super messed up stuff. And, you know, it goes to show what you can get away with as long as you, you can provide an adequate donut experience experience. To yeah. People, I, mean, I, I find pastries pastries heal all but pastries forgive all transgressions.
0: Canadians must be easily bought. That it's that, true. that that's my takeaway from Matt. My my final question before we get into NFL news here is, is this. Will you ever do this podcast from like a house? Like like where you live, like, is that something that's possible? Or are you always just going to be in various library basements and uh library recording studios or, or, or are you ever going to, you know, sit at a desk in a room as I do in my house and, and do the podcast if you're just a wayfaring soul and like, this is how <laughs> things are going to go Bradford. Like, I don't mind, but you know, I, I just, you know, Sometimes I I just want to make sure you have a nice place. Sometimes during the season when I'm a little tired, I, I even venture over and podcast from my bed. It's lovely. But but like what you know what what exactly is going on here, Bradford? Like, are you homeless? Like, do we do we need to be concerned? <laughs>
1: there there are there are a few elements at play. There's my my never-ending quest for that laptop that eludes me. So I've I've been trying to get a laptop. Obviously, after mine broke, and I just, it just the the pieces haven't fallen into play for the the right laptop for me. Part part of it is whenever I'm doing something like this, I, I like to go into a different environment just because it I I feel I feel more alert. You know, like I I find the comfort of my own home, which I did I. The last the last episode that I was on it was it was from my apartment it's from my living room which is a bit of a weird location but I like I like I to go to to different places to kind of give give myself a different perspective I, I like I don't know I I, I find that it, it makes me feel like I have something to do you know like oh I gotta go to this you know strange library basement to record an episode and that's kind of like my 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 mission for the afternoon I I my my mind is is very chaotic in the sense that it's it's i don't know it's it's always going to a million different places at once so i try to channel that energy that is so very clear i suppose yes. most i i suppose it is, it is a weird goal overall but i was just looking for a place that i i think kind of embodied the energy i'm going for today and then and the third element at play is that i do not have a desk currently since i moved into my new apartment i i have this really really shoddy sort of folding i guess you could call it a desk but i i would categorize it more as a tv tray and I don't enjoy going anywhere near it. It, it makes me very uncomfortable. It, it, it has poor seating angles. It's very unsturdy. I'd be hesitant to put like any valuables on it because I do not think they would remain in, in uh, good condition.
0: Well, no judgment here, Bradford. I was simply wondering if everything was going okay up there in Canada, I, I and it seems as my, it
1: will. From now on, I will go out of my way to find increasingly absurd locations locations to record the show with you from like next episode will be from an aquarium oh wow that's my plan i don't even know if we have any aquariums in edmonton but i will find one just for the purpose of perhaps i could go to the valley zoo and record it next to the monkey cage i think that would add sort of a an ambient noise background element that i think could really yeah i'm not sure i
0: want that for an audio type uh type um
1: environment uh... How many how many listeners do you, do you get, Eric? I I think you really need to be expanding what you're open yeah. to, yeah. And establish,
0: you know, this is true. I, I,
1: I was thinking I was thinking yesterday of ways that perhaps you could set yourself apart from the competition. I, I was wondering if you'd be open to listening to some of those ideas.
0: Uh, well, we have a lot of news to get to. Can we get get to those ideas at the end of the podcast?
1: For for sure, for sure.
0: Let's let's hold those ideas for the end of the podcast, because I would like people to be able to get in, get out, listen to their NFL news. We we don't have a ton of NFL news, but there has been a little bit. So I wanted to touch on some of the big stuff going on in the NFL training camp has started. That's that's nice. Everyone's in their training camps. As I scroll my Twitter timeline, I see more and more things from training camps. And that's nice and and I, I truly appreciate it this is a nice time of year where it's not too hectic yet but still you feel like oh football's on the horizon and then it's just a nice it's a nice feeling to have first off i i'd like to talk about hold there there are two Ooh. notable hold uh it seems that for this um, training camp cycle one Debo Samuel with the 49ers and also suddenly Roquan Smith with the Bears who was a holdout but then became a hold in let's start with Debo Samuels Debo Samuels of course a very good football player Brandon do do you think Bradford your name is not Brandon. I know I've been know.
1: called Brandon so many times within the past week it didn't even phase me. It did yeah,
0: y- your name is not Brandon. It is Brad as I am getting used to this slowly but steadily. Thoughts on the Debo Samuel contract situation? Do you think it gets resolved by the time a regular season kicks off?
1: I don't see a scenario in which San Francisco does not find a way to get this done. I think I think it's tough because Debo Samuels and and I may be wrong on this but the perception I've gotten is that Debo Samuels main issue with the Niners is that he's unhappy with the way he's being utilized in the offense I mean what what makes Debo especially last year so special is that he was essentially like their number one wide receiver and a lot of times was their number one running back right like he was sort of playing both positions for them quite often and I think Debo is concerned that you know you're going to play me like a running back well look what happens to running backs right running backs don't typically have long careers. Um, but that's sort of what made Debo so uniquely valuable. So it's 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 tough because I mean he's he's obviously asking for the money that he should receive for playing both positions as, as well as he does, while asking not to be used in the way that makes him that valuable. That being said, he's still an exceptional top rate receiver. And San Francisco, I I would they even be a playoff team without him on the offense? Like I don't I don't think so. He he's the complete engine of how that runs, and you're gonna you're gonna send Trey Lance out there without without Debo to to kind of prop him up. I I don't see that ending well at all. I mean they have Kittle obviously, but well you have Kittle for what like seven eight games. Like I don't I don't see how San Francisco would would ever let him leave, and I think they'll do anything in their power to make this work. And I think Debo will eventually cave in. I think he's just trying to get as much money as he can, which is his right.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that I I agree with most of your sentiments there. I think that um, Debo is a key part of this San Francisco plan going forward, which brings us to this next piece of NFL news. Uh, The San Francisco 49ers fully moved on to Trey Lance, that came out of a press conference the other day where Jimmy, uh where Kyle Shanahan basically said, Jimmy G is aware of it. He is moving on. This is Trey Lance's offense. I, for one, Bradford, am not a Trey Lance believer, as it were. I think everything I've seen from him in the NFL has been a little bit suspect. I worry about his throwing motion, which is wonky and long, Um and the training camp clips of him throwing yesterday didn't make it seem like that was fixed much. He did play only one real game last year, and that was against the Cardinals, and he struggled in that one. Uh, Trey Lance, as the San Francisco 49ers quarterback now, for sure, what do you hope we see from him over the next few weeks in training camp and specifically in the preseason that would make you feel confident about the 49ers going into the regular season with him as the quarterback?
1: Well, I'm, I'm very hesitant to care about training camp. I, I think it's the most irritating segment of any NFL season. Like seeing some of the articles coming in now, I, it, it it's so annoying. Like most of them are just the same cliches recycled again and again. And then you get some, Ridiculous storylines like today on The Athletic, they had their whole thing about how uh, Mike Evans got a Mike Evans is that the, the headline was Mike Evans is so Gryffindor because he got a Harry Potter tattoo, which I, I think is ironic considering he's playing for the uh, his quarterback is the NFL equivalent of the Dark Lord Voldemort. So it is. It is kind of ironic that he gets a Harry Potter tattoo, but it just kind of the the off, the, the training camp era of the offseason is very annoying. So as as far as Trey Lance goes, I think I think him. I think it's the right move for the 49ers, Whether or not you think Trey Lance is a guy or not, um, well, I mean he is a guy, but like whether or not you think he's the guy, uh, you got it. You got to give it to him at some point, right? Like what what is to be obtained by keeping Jimmy G as a realistic starting option. We know who Jimmy G is now. Jimmy G has played to his full potential and Jimmy G has shown that he does have value, but there is a ceiling to that value. The 49ers are not going to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G as close as they've actually come a couple times somehow. No thanks to Jimmy G himself, but like they uh they've got to try it. Like I I in 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 football especially I I I commend teams who take the chance more than they don't, right? Because you can spend your life uh, with, I guess, the security and comfort of knowing, like, what to expect. We already know what to expect with Jimmy G. I, I think of the Bengals, you know, settling with Andrew Dalton for, for so long. You know, it's there. there is sort of a comfort to that. But the Niners, uh, with where they are at in their Super Bowl window with the coach they have, I don't think they can afford to just – you know, be content with a mediocre quarterback, and even if Trey Lance uh, is awful, I, I would rather trot out Trey Lance and have him completely collapse than to trot out Jimmy G and just be a mediocre team. You know, you gotta you gotta try it. And I'm not a huge Trey Lance believer myself either, but I mean, I think, uh, well, I mean, seriously, what what are you gonna what are you gonna achieve by having Jimmy G be your starting quarterback, right?
0: No, I guess that's a fair point. like you want to aim for upside every year in the nfl and uh trey lance gives you the opportunity to do that so i i I would overall agree with that point there so now from
1: uh eric i'm sorry to interrupt you i'm i'm curious did you did you get a haircut yes i did your hair looks very nice i was i was trying to figure out i'm pretty sure you got a haircut it's it's
0: Thank you. Uh, you know, as we talked about on an earlier episode, we're two men, both very fond of our own hair. And mm-hmm. uh, it was getting a little bit raggy for me. And I'm going on vacation to see some family next week. So I thought, oh, might as well get it trimmed up next week, let it grow in a little bit. And then next week, it'll be, you know, nice and fresh for uh for all the world to see. And, uh, you know, perhaps this perhaps this becomes a video segment. Who, who knows that seems like something that would require a lot of effort this week where I have a pretty busy work week, but we will, we will see. But yes, I did get an Thank just, you for I'm noticing.
1: Curious. I'm curious, Eric, what, where, where do you see uh, the, or how do you see the, the Jimmy Garoppolo situation resolving itself? Like he's obviously not going to be on the Niners this next season. What do you think happens?
0: I think it's likely that he, stays on the roster for a while um and maybe they cut him if it gets too close to the season but i really don't see the harm if you've told jimmy garoppolo that he's definitely not starting if you don't get a trade offer for him that's you know what what you feel is fair value then I do not see the harm in keeping him as the backup for the first few weeks of the season. And then eventually when inevitably one of these starting quarterbacks gets injured, you're going to have a really valuable piece on the market. But I mean, the Seahawks look like the only team that it did make a lot of sense for him to be traded. That's not happening.
1: Not Not in the division. There's, there's no way the 49ers, are gonna pass up an opportunity to let the Seahawks trot out Geno Smith and Drew Locke Right out in the division? Like I think I think that's too enticing for them to get rid of Jimmy G. And I think I think a reason why I don't think Jimmy G. will be around is is purely financial. Like especially with the Debo situation going on. Like I'm I, I I'm not positive on on the exact date, but uh, there's a certain point in August here where all of Jimmy G.'s uh, salary becomes guaranteed. You know, and I I think they'd want to remove him before that because I mean obviously you can always make the money work. The NFL salary cap is a myth, but like I think they they would have more pressure on them to just cut Jimmy G and be done with it because they're trying to free up as much money to give to Debo and I think just get that clean break. You know.
0: Yeah, I could see that. The other thing that I think's really interesting is the Deshaun Watson timeline for his suspension. Like whenever that drops, I know the Browns have kind of played like they're okay with Jacoby Brissett, but if you figure out Deshaun Watson is suspended for 10 games or more, you probably don't want Jacoby Brissett as your only answer. So I I feel like the Browns might be a spot for Jimmy G potentially at least for this year. But yeah, I I think it cuts also also likely as well. Uh, some older players in the news. Very briefly, Chris Carson retires after several neck injuries. Uh, Chris Carson, an up and down career, very good at points. Uh, a big fan, a, a former co host I had on this show, was a huge Chris Carson fan and a big time Chris Carson believer. That, of course, would be Jonders. Hope they are doing well. Uh, Chris Carson is a player that's been around for a little while has had a lot of injury issues lately wasn't that much of a contributor to the Seahawks recently just because of how often he was injured he retires this leaves Rashad Penny in the backfield Rashad Penny a player I do not have a strong opinion on Bradford do you have a strong opinion on Rashad Penny
1: I I found the discourse around Rashad Penny to be so annoying. I like to live in this Rashad Pennyless headspace. I absolutely refuse to think about him or dedicate any thought to Rashad Penny just because I have never seen a player do so little and have so much talk around him. Like, it's been years of just Rashad Penny this, Rashad Penny that, and then he has that, like, four or five-game stretch near the end of last season where he's out there, like, some some form of uh barry sanders and it's just i i don't i'm i'm very interested to see the seahawks backfield of uh penny and and uh, ken walker you know who they who they drafted uh quite high uh i think uh i think the seahawks are gonna have a great running game obviously because that's really all they have <laughs> right now you're not gonna have a good passing game I, I hate to spoil it to you seahawks fans but um i think uh with Chris Carson, it's obviously very sad. You never want to see someone's career end like that. But neck injuries, that's uh, you're done, man. You can't risk that. And I don't think the Seahawks are going to miss him that much uh, because he just he hasn't been providing them a ton of value recently. And I think uh, Rashad Penny is good, and if he stays healthy, he will be good. But I I hate I hate how uh, many people believe Rashad Penny and, and not believe in rashad penny like you can believe in him but i i find too many people believe in him almost as a sort of christ figure um especially in fantasy circles he's got some weird weird cult fan base and it just kind of soured me on the on the player in general you know
0: also a weird weird cult fan base chris carson ironically enough yeah it's, it's true just, it just seems so like
1: seahawks running backs.
0: seahawks running backs just get that so look out,
1: for, look out for the kenneth walker fan base they're gonna be
0: They'll be out. They'll be (laughs) out very soon. Uh, You know, a lot of people were very high on him coming out of college. Uh, uh, Specifically, our friend Ryan, who I hope we'll get a chance to meet uh, shortly. But yeah, it was a you know, lot of hype around Kenneth Walker. So that fan base, I think, will emerge. Another piece of news to get to here: Julio Jones signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In this piece of news, I I don't want to spend that much time on because Julio Jones at this point is all name, no game. Uh, He has not had a healthy season in four or five years now. Uh, Constant hamstring injuries. When he did play last year, he contributed a little bit to the Titans offense, but most of the time was hurt. There was a report today that the Bucs are, quote-unquote, getting him more involved as soon as he's gotten to the team. I don't know how much of a real role he'll play on the team. It seems like he'll be a guy with Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson sitting there to be kind of a fourth receiver, but a good depth add for a team that will have a very good offense this year. So any thoughts on Julio Jones, or do you feel as I feel that he is... Mostly just fair to be Julio Jones at this point, be a nice shiny thing to have, but ultimately non-consequential to the football being played on the field.
1: I would agree with you wholeheartedly if he was on any of the 31 other football teams, but there is an unfortunate uh, dystopian reality that he's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I mean, what a nightmare for Falcons fans. I- I'd imagine that is one of the most disheartening sights you could see is Julio Jones, <laughs> Playing for a division rival, catching touchdowns from Tom Brady—that is, that is rough. And I will tell you this: I, I was very down on Julio last year, all the way up on him right now. I will, I will take it to the bank. Julio Jones is going to have over a thousand yards this season. He's going to have a great resurgence. It's not like prime Julio levels. He is going to thrive in that offense. It's not going to make sense. This is a quintessential everything works out for Tom Brady move. I. I, I was mad when I read this because I believe Julio Jones is actually going to be a significant factor this, this season. I, I don't know why. Um, obviously logic would should tell you that, that he's on the decline and he's been injured and all this. And they have all these other receivers. I don't buy it. I've, I've seen this, I've seen this episode too many times before. Uh, I think of even Antonio Brown quite recently with the Buccaneers. Julio Jones is, He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna put up some numbers this year. And I, I I recognize it's an unpopular opinion, but I just it's one of those gut feelings I have where it's just this is going to work out extraordinarily well for Brady and the Bucks.
0: Yes. I mean that could happen. I'll wait and see. I'll wait and see. Just a just a little bit of wait and see for me for Julio Jones uh very quickly Naeem Hines hype season uh I I noticed this while scrolling through the NFL headlines I wanted to put on here uh Frank Reich saying we will be using Naeem Hines a lot seems like every year there's a good amount of Naeem Hines hype uh I don't, I know that you you're a fantasy football player I play fantasy football w- would you draft Naeem Hines in a meaningful round let's say like 7th round or seventh to tenth round, would you take a flyer on Naheem Hines?
1: Not that early. As someone who does own Naheem Hines in a couple of fantasy weeks, um, not that I drafted him, I just received him in, in some trade or another. But yeah, I think I'm not. I, I think Naheem Hines is good, but he's he's not going to be a significant deal. The only way Naheem Hines has any significant fantasy value is if there's a Jonathan Taylor injury. That is the only reality in which. He is a incredibly valuable fantasy piece and with as young as taylor is and as good as taylor is i don't think that's a high probability so no i'd avoid my not not my guy
0: all right that answers could, that that answers that question finally just want to run through some of the injuries a lot of players on the populace a lot of players on the non-football injury list uh I'm gonna run through these, and then maybe you can pick a guy or two that you're, you know, you're interested in. This guy, I do want to hear your thoughts on Clyde edwards Lair, He's on that uh, an injury list. Sterling Shepard, no surprise, injured. Minka Fitzpatrick fell off a bike, injured. Sammy Watkins, no surprise, injured. I'm sorry, Marquise. Did Brown,
1: he fall? Did he fall off a motorcycle or like a bicycle?
0: I think like a bicycle. Uh, <laughs> Mark Marquise Brown. Uh, I don't know why
1: that's so funny.
0: Marquise Brown. Christian Watson and others start camp on various injury lists. Doesn't sound like any of these are super threatening. The Micah Fitzpatrick one feels a little bit weird because he said he hurt his wrist. You hope that's nothing serious. My main reason for bringing this up is Clyde Edwards-Elair. As a Chiefs fan, let's just talk about Clyde edwards Lair. What do you think of Clyde edwards Lair? Do you think he is going to remain a large part of this offense, because it seems like towards the end of last year, he kind of disappeared, whether that be through injuries or Andy Reid just not really playing him that much.
1: With, with Clyde Edwards, I, I do. I do like Clyde Edwards. I think he's a valuable offensive piece. I wasn't huge about them uh, using a first round pick on a running back, especially when the next running back off the board is Jonathan Taylor. But uh, I, uh, with Clyde, I think a lot of it is just misuse which is weird when Andy Reid's running the offense, right? But to me, it 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 drives me up the wall how how much they insist on using Clyde as almost some sort of a power back. I mean, the guy is like the same same height as me, and I am by no means a uh, a menacing figure. He he should be the the way he was used in college was as more of a receiving back, and I think that's he'd be a lot more valuable if we used him as that. You no, know, I I think. I think it's just very frustrating to me how much they insist on just, yeah, Clyde, ram it up the middle. And it's like, it's not it's not going to work. Uh, and yes, he's he shown um, a lack of ability to really uh, be, be uh, perceptive of space. I, I feel like often we have a great run-blocking offensive line now, especially this past season. Uh, and I think that quite often he failed to really – no, capitalize on some of those opportunities, but also he wasn't really put in a position to succeed. Obviously, the injuries suck, but especially down the stretch, there it was sort of this bizarre uh, Jarek McKinnon resurgence. It was something that that really threw me off, where it's like obviously um, uh, Daryl Williams, uh, I would I was was a huge piece for the Chiefs' offense, running back wise, and Jarek McKinnon also really stepped up and kind of left Clyde as the man holding. Holding the uh, the the hot potato, I, I think uh, I don't even know what that means, but I think I think he was left with the potato. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire is a player that will not live up to his draft stock, and the Chiefs should not have drafted him that high. But I think if you utilize him correctly, he could be a very valuable piece. I mean, he's got nice hands. He's very speedy. He's very shifty. Uh, I'm I'm not down on him entirely, but I I think. Uh, You will continue to see people draft him way too high in fantasy and overvalue him to some extent, and he will never live up to the hype. What do you think of him?
0: Yeah, I kind of feel the same way as a guy that had him in fantasy last year. Like He had some really good moments, but never consistent enough to really be someone that I'd put a ton of value in, but he does help the offense. I'm interested to see how that backfield plays out. Cause I really don't think it's going to be mainly him. I think it's going to be a very split load in Kansas city this year. That's kind of just the way I see things, uh, playing out. Well, with that Bradford, we've, uh, we've wrapped up the news, which, which I, I will allow you now, uh, you, you've come with some sort of wild card idea. Uh, I will say this podcast, you know, it's marginally successful. I, I don't kid myself. But, you know, I mainly have it just to have a resume of, you know, talking out there somewhere. I also think it might be neat someday if, you know, I had a future generation of Eric Jensen's out there and then, you know, come across, you know. Oh.
1: I'm sorry. Do you plan on naming all of your future family members Eric?
0: Uh, no, but. but, but uh, do you just
1: plan on just creating a clan of of exclusively eric c jensen's yeah to sort of the sort of uh repopulate the earth in like a an abrahamic sense
0: yeah that that wasn't a good uh <laughs> great turn of phrase by me but but you know
1: um how would you tell the eric's apart? part like I, I feel like that would that would lead to a lot of wacky shenanigans where you'd be like eric and then everybody would just kind of turn their heads and, and look at you yes yeah You'd be unsure which eric you were you were talking
0: Though. No, I feel like the Eric naming line kind of stops here. I'm I'm kind of a one of one figure, so I, I I don't really think I'd name my children Eric. That seems you know that seems slightly odd. Maybe I'd name them like Chris uh, after my dad or something like that. But you know there you know there's uh, the, the the Eric naming uh, at least for me as a parent in the future is off the table. Probably will not be. Uh, Eric jr's out there. Uh, that seems like a, a name with, with some tough connotations around it. So, um, but I'm always looking for, you know, podcast feedback and seeing as you have become a more regular part of the show and I'm hoping to keep you a more regular part of the show for this season and, and maybe many seasons to come, we'll see if you annoy me by that point or not. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but, people. but, uh, no, I joke, and I kid what what were your uh were your big ideas here?
1: Okay, so here's what I was thinking. all right. Uh, you had mentioned that you are interested in doing a got like, like a a quarterbacks like top ten rankings episode or whatever, which is always very fun. It's sort of a, a football podcast staple that everybody does. and you know, it's, it's I mean it's an important part of football discourse, you know, and I see people talking about like, oh like who are the best receivers in the league or whatever you know, I, I do find that in, in many respects, it's, it's sort of an exhausted speech subject. So I'm thinking, Eric, that what, what you need to do is you need to separate yourself from the pack. You need to provide the content that people didn't even know they were looking for in the first place, which is why I suggest to you that this, and I, I would be happy to assist you in this, this could become the first podcast to provide a annual Comprehensive long snapper power ranking list. Oh, God. I think I think we're really I think we're really at a long a long snapper uh, uh, discourse deficit, you know. And I think we could really this do... is
0: this is the second time in like three episodes you've brought up long snappers. What what is your fascination season. with long snappers?
1: <laughs> I I think to me to me they're the most fascinating part of a football team, just because a long snapper the only time they're relevant is if they mess up. That's just such a fascinating concept for a player. You know, the long snappers, uh, I think, uh, I think they don't get enough respect. You know, there's sort of been a punter respect resurgence over the past few years. I mean, with as high as they've been drafted and there's been a lot more highlight real punting plays. I, I think of the uh, absolute unit that the Steelers drafted uh, a season or so ago and Presley Harvin and some of his more highlight real punts and i think long snappers have, have largely been forgotten in football discourse so i'm just saying you could branch out and you could be the long snapper guy you know like if someone's like oh i need I, i'm curious which quarterbacks are the best ones i mean there's no guarantee that they come to you because there would be a hundred other quarterback ranking podcasts that would appear around or even before yours long snapper rankings i guarantee you the primary
0: you know that's a great idea, Bradford. Not one that I'll take uh, but uh, or, or act upon, but I will say, you know, you'll be part of our quarterback show in a few weeks here. If you want, you can assemble a top 10 list of long snappers. If that's something you personally are really attached to, but I, I do not, you know, I don't feel the same fervor for the idea
1: that you do. I'm curious what the requirements would have to be for a long snapper to achieve Hall of Fame status. Like, what would a long snapper have to do in order for that to be a realistic possibility? Because if someone like Devin Hester can't make it, I'm I'm just curious, do you conceive any pathway that a long snapper could could reach Canton?
0: No, even if, like, you just snapped perfectly for years <laughs> and years and years, but, but, you know, you're probably stuck. In, I mean, a- I would... Maybe a ring, think, maybe a ring of honor
1: somewhere. I would probably. think you, as a Broncos fan of all people, would be familiar with the value that a good long snapper can provide. I, I don't want to call back any Super Bowl memories, but it, oh. is, it is a very, it is. Well, that wasn't a long snapper. That was the, oh, no, that, wasn't, that was just the, no, that was just the center, right?
0: That, okay, yeah. Well, no, no, that, that, that wasn't a, you know, the famous snap over, uh, Peyton Manning said that was not a long snapper. Okay, but Perhaps it wouldn't they, have been if had it had, was a long snapper.
1: Imagine if they had had a, a really reliable long snapper that they could have substituted in oh, for the center in that position. Could have been they, t- entirely different. Could have
0: been talking about the Broncos with four Super Bowl rings now instead of three. So, yeah, I mean, that that is, that's definitely, that is definitely an option. And then uh, finally, Bradford, do you have just any other – random questions or musings for me before
1: we get out of here i do i'm curious of you as uh, of your opinion as as a broncos fan where you fall on john elway because i am someone i i would classify myself as possibly the largest john elway hater that has ever walked this earth i I find him to be the most irritatingly overrated unimpressive athlete uh, relative to his on-field accomplishments and production in any sport ever, and I'm I'm just curious where you as a Broncos fan fall on the L.A. discussion. Well, his acumen as a passer
0: and specifically as a quarterback is unquestioned in my mind. He is a top 10 quarterback of all time. Um, however He's not even a
1: top 10 quarterback of his era, Eric.
0: That's absolutely wrong. You've just never watched a John Elway highlight in your life. John Elway. Was... I have
1: watched many John. I have watched many a John Elway. John Elway, Elway was west to hate on him.
0: John I've... John Elway was Josh Allen before Josh Allen. John Elway now,
1: statistically. But people talk about, but statistically compared to the other quarterbacks of his era, he's below average. You can you can comprehensively go throughout uh, one of the narratives. But your
0: I eyes think, will tell you that he is definitely a Hall of Famer. I don't want to spend a eyes, long time okay. debating on this because I know you're just wrong about it. So uh, always fraud. That's oh, all i say. say. All right, now I will say, quarterback, mad respect. I get it. I'm a Broncos fan. I'm not gonna diss John Elway. Uh clearly you haven't been listening to this. Gone back and listened to former uh podcasts like I suggested. I will have to dig through the archives and send you a few Broncos shows. I famously started the hashtag fire elway movement as the GM. I, I well, famously
1: terrible, terrible general manager.
0: I I I famously have been very critical of John Elway as a GM. I believe that. But to be fair to John Elway, he's very good at drafting anything that's not important. Like, he's great at drafting running backs and wide receivers and defensive players occasionally, which are defensive players are important. Defense isn't important. Yes, you heard de- it here first. Defense, oh, okay. defense is important. but Defense is not important. He he could not draft offensive linemen successfully, and he could not draft quarterbacks successfully. And to me, those are the two most about. important positions so
1: i'm very fond of the paxton lynch broncos so.
0: <laughs> yeah there there were a lot of misses i i prefer not to think about paxton lynch as an entity <laughs> that existed so uh yes i i'm not not that huge a fan of john away well that brings us to the end of our episode for today i believe that we have gone about an hour which seems about right brad if you want to go
1: shorter than, than that. If I drag it out too long, do not be afraid to shut me no, down. No, this
0: is a this is a good episode. Like when there's good banter going on, I really don't mind it. What I don't like is when I just get talking and it drags into a two-hour podcast, which happens occasionally. So I'm I'm hoping that is not the case. Anyhow, Bradford, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Next week, a little bit of a programming note, you will not likely hear Bradford on the podcast because I will be putting out the NFC East preview and that contains our good friends Donnie and Ryan. That was pre-taped about a week ago. I will be throwing that up on Monday before I get on a plane. So expect the next episode Monday. While I'm on vacation though, you will not hear them next week, but we will be recording podcasts. There will be an AFC South preview done and Perhaps a small college football project that I am planning on working on this this season. Keep an eye out for that with with one of my colleagues here from the state of Utah. So keep an eye out and an ear out for that. Thank you so much for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at Endzone Pod at There Is No Colt at Eric Eighteen. Oh, a small note. Oh,
1: currently currently I am I am Twitter disabled. I I was suspended for a week. Oh,
0: that's not great as our main form of communication.
1: Well, I can still text on Twitter. It still lets me do messages, but I I cannot tweet or or really interact with the app in any meaningful sense. What did you do to get suspended?
0: I can't have this kind of behavior from a co host of a reputable NFL podcast.
1: This has happened to me. This is not my first suspension twitter wise well, that's not good that doesn't inspire been confidence Brad, been a mass misunderstanding the previous time that i was suspended for a significant length of time my my roommate and one of my one of my my better friends uh ethan he runs this really intense fantasy hockey pod or uh, fantasy hockey league uh called the cchl and they sort of have this whole twitter world where all the teams have twitter accounts and they act as if it's a real hockey league it's very cool his team is called the Strathcona Riggers Strathcona is a a neighborhood here in in our city of Edmonton and I have uh, become uh, sort of to a a joking degree uh, a Strathcona Rigger hater and so under after they won the championship I tweeted something along the lines of I hate the Riggers and uh... oh no Bradford (laughs) you can't be doing that (laughs) Riggers with an R and not an R at the end it was it was at the beginning, and Twitter misinterpreted that, and I was banned for racial hate speech. Oh. But I, I promise. There's...
0: God <laughs> Bradford, not. Bradford, this that's is me. not a good case to be made for for for, <laughs> think, for bringing you on as a as a as a host of this podcast.
1: My most recent suspension incident was um, there's this absolute goober that's decided he's kind of this wannabe journalist here in the city. And he's just such a prick. And he spends most of his time just tweeting completely false narratives about my beloved Oilers. And his name is Paul something. I can't even pronounce his stupid last name. But he was going on some absolutely ridiculous tangent, just making stuff up. Everybody hates this guy. He's such a clown. He, oh. He's going on. And I, I tweeted two things. Poor and guy. He reported, God, no, he deserves it. He, but I, these are the two things that I tweeted at him that got me suspended for, for harassment. The first one is I said something to the effect of, I hope every barefoot step you take is filled with buckets of Legos. And the second thing that I said to him is, as I said, Paul is the kind of guy people make separate group chats without. And he he did not take kindly to that, and he got me suspended for harassing him. Um, so, yes. I. I well, this is great, Bradford. Uh, this is great
0: bradford i you know i i I count on that retweet and uh this is certainly going to hurt so you know you're you you, just got to be more careful about what you tweet you cannot be getting into feuds with like oilers random oilers beat reporters that are fake beat (laughs) reporters that don't really matter online like uh,
1: i can i can i speak
0: to you Can, can i speak to you as an older person so I, I know I'm not that much older than you, but but I was at one point in your shoes. I know it seems like social media matters. It does not matter.
1: Oh, it you, doesn't matter to me whatsoever. You, I agree you, with that sentiment. You should
0: largely stop arguing with people on Twitter. If you see okay. something that you don't like on Twitter, you should just log off. That that would be my suggestion to prevent further suspension.
1: In in general, I agree with that uh, trait of thought. The thing that you have not considered it's is that Paul deserves it. Oh, and all I, right. I and have I not
0: considered that.
1: You haven't considered that, right? And I just if, if nobody's gonna stand up for for sort of the, the maligned players on this team, I need to. You know, they sort of have this habit of hating on many of the European analytical darling players because they can't quite wrap their brains around a Canadian or a non Canadian being good at hockey. You know, I feel like I just. Ah, so you're calling
0: them xenophobic.
1: Oh, absolutely, I am.
0: Uh, I think that's one of their more defining characteristics. Well, this got more interesting than I wanted it to. (laughs) Anyhow, Bradford. That sounds like a fascinating time. So follow you...
1: me on Twitter in a week is, is what I'm saying. And I will I will retroactively retweet this for when I am capable of doing so. And I promise I will do my best to not be suspended for racial hate speech anymore. Which by the way, I had nothing to do with it and it was a complete misunderstanding.
0: All right, Bradford, this, you know, this podcast, luckily, no one important listens to, including my bosses. I will try to keep them away from this one. This seems like I'm making questionable choices with who I associate with. But we will see what happens in the future. I will see you next week, Bradford. Thank you all so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at EnzoPod, me on Twitter at Eric18Utah. And guess what? We'll see Donnie and Ryan, our good friends, next week to talk about the NFC East. Peace out.